0: This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, oh, oh,
1: 95, 95.
0: Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. On today's show, boy, do I have a guest lined up for you. Halftime is you're going to be spoiled today. Hebel Gawad is going to be in the studio with me stopping by to educate us about the importance of the brain in sports and performance. If you're wondering why my voice is kind of raspy, it's because yesterday my team was playing. <sighs> we did draw and it was very frustrating. So you have a, a more raspy or mildewy today on the halftime show, guys. So bear with me. We'll get through it. I can't wait to show you what we have in store today as we dive into the brain live from the heart of Sharjah on Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire What
1: a goal. This is the halftime show with Umar Douri on Pulse 95. Nice
0: strike. Oh, better than nice. Oh. Uh. welcome back to the halftime show hope everyone is back into routine and jamming with us on pulse 95 school runs are up people are in the streets driving it's a good day today it's not every day it's not every day i get a guest like today she's one of the co-founders of Body Hack. amongst the amazing things she does she's a two-time olympian she's competed at the sydney and athens olympic games in 2000 2004 She's an educator, ladies and gentlemen, an educator, and that's what I love. Now, as, as amazing as all that stuff I've read now, she's an educator in the modern time, in the industry that we're in. I love having people like that around. I love speaking to people like that. Hiba, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me, and what an
1: introduction. Thank oh, you. Hey,
0: listen, it don't get better than that. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, now, Hiba, what I want to talk to you about is... Um, when it comes to the brain there's so many things we can cover today but what i want to talk about is what's what's bad stress and what's good stress
1: okay so uh you hear people talk a lot about bad stress and good stress and a lot of people just think it's too much of one or the other but uh, the difference between those two is the magnitude of the stress so mm-hmm. if we think about stress physiologically it's your fight or flight state right, right. you see a tiger what happens to your body? Mm-hmm. Blood pressure goes up, heart yeah. rate goes up, yeah. everything increases, ready to flee away from this tiger, mm-hmm. right? Um, the thing is, once you run away from the tiger, your body's satisfied, you've reacted to the danger, right? right? Because all your brain cares about is one thing, and that's survival. Okay. The problem with the uh, what we th- that's good stress because it's stress that happened. Mm-hmm. We've reacted, everything's elevated, and we've reacted to it to bring everything down. Um, basically, what happens with the low-grade stress or the, what we call bad stress is, say you're sitting at work, you get an email popped up, a WhatsApp message, a little thing little little cumulative small things mm-hmm. that stress you. Yeah. But the problem with that stress is that. You don't get this massive reaction of blood pressure spiking up, uh, heart rate spiking up, uh, blood flow to the limbs. You don't get that reaction. Mm-hmm. You just get, oh, this is not a big deal, I'll just adapt to the stress. Because your brain is always trying to fix the problem. When you see the tiger, all these things go up, mm-hmm. your brain will go, this is a problem, I need to fix it. Right. And that's like exercise. So seeing a tiger, is, in essence, is like exercise. We go out, we train, and we feel amazing afterwards, right? We feel like so stressed going into the training and then after you finish training, we think, well, why was I even stressed at all? The reason for that is because you've gotten your blood pressure up so much, your hormones have changed, you've taken everything so much, your brain goes, whoa, what's all this elevation and stuff? I need to bring this back down. So it actually brings all those things back down way lower to, it'll lower your heart rate lower than what it was right. by fixing the problem yes. It'll lower your, this is why athletes have low blood pressure lower heart rates because your brain has fixed the constant elevation that keeps happening Interesting. because it's dramatic right? exercise, yeah. tiger, that's yeah. dramatic yeah. emails, work, arguments traffic, that's not dramatic enough for the brain to go, I need to fix this what it does is, it says I'm just going to adapt to this stress and the brain goes, okay let's get better at being stressed and now Your new heart rate will be faster beats per minute, your new blood pressure will be slightly elevated Mm -hmm. and this becomes the norm. So we adapt to that low-grade cumulative stress, whereas the exercise, the tiger, the dramatic stresses, that's good stress because there's a reaction to it. I don't know if I'm rambling or... No, no, actually that's spawn.
0: But does that that also differentiate between, let's say... uh, male and female because you mentioned hormones there and yeah. obviously that stands for both people and a lot of people always think it's always one sided it's not and yeah. gentlemen it's both sides but both, does that yeah. does that make a difference in terms of how the brain uh anteci- like anticipates it
1: well it really depends on each individual i wouldn't differentiate between gender in this case but i would differentiate between person to person so right. each person's uh, response to stress is very different someone could have a really chilled out nervous system and by nervous system I mean brain spinal cord and all the nerves that branch out of it right so some people really uh, I mean this you see it a lot and with the athletes uh, in sports yeah. right the people who do everybody thinks that the let me d- can I just clarify something before we move further of course. Uh, stress we talk about the fight or flight, which is like the sympathetic state. Yes. And then the rest or digest, which people are aware of as the parasympathetic state. Right. So you have these, your body's in this constant tug of war mm-hmm. between the two states. Even right now we're chatting. Yeah. I'm on the radio for the first time. So I'm probably in the Doing more sympathetic
0: state. Doing a pretty good job. If I'm i may say-so, so, <laughs> a round of applause for Her First time exclusive on Pulse 95. First time ever. Thank yes. you. But Hiba, talk to me about... Um, Good stress. Yeah. Now, what's good stress?
1: So, good stress is dramatic stress. So, right. uh, me being on the radio right now is not enough stress for me to, 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 to for it to be good, right? Okay. Um, something like uh, exercise, mm-hmm. you go out for a run. Yeah. It's good, it's good, you are stressing your body, an athlete will stress the body, but Because the brain's trying to constantly bring you into this homeostatic state, which is balance. Right. It doesn't like to see you go too high. So if it sees you go too high, it's going to fix that problem right away. So right after you finish the workout, you feel on top of the world. You feel like, I can't believe I was so stressed about this thing at work. I actually feel... And it's not just hormones, the endorphins of it. It's actually your whole body has now become into a much more rest and digest parasympathetic state Mm -hmm. because the brain has already brought you into that calm, that chill. That When you have that chill, your brain goes into, um, you can access areas of your brain a lot better, like the frontal cortex, the prefrontal cortex. This is where it makes a massive difference in sport. Yes. Um,
0: Well, I mean, let let me shoot some things your way. Pardon the pun. If a basketball player hits a winning shot with seconds to go, Yeah. What, what state of mind are they in in terms of the way their brain is functioning at that point?
1: So when you're playing sport, you need a little bit of that stress. You, you need yeah. quite a bit of that sympathetic state, that stress, to be able to perform. Yes. But the difference between some of the best athletes and some of the, this is a variable of factors. But one of the things that's uh, that's really really good about the, people who are really on top of their game in terms of sport is that they are able to handle that stress really well. Yeah. They enter what a lot of athletes call the flow state where Love that. Um, yep. time perception is changed, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. everything that seems really fast happening to us, everything slows down so much. The time slows down to them. They can see everything with so much clarity and it's called hyperfront Hyperfrontility or hypofrontability. uh, Your frontal lobe is operating at such a heightened state Mm -hmm. because you are, even though there's so much stress around you, you're actually in a a more calmer state than your peers. You're in a more parasympathetic state. People always think the stress fight or flight state is the performance state, but actually what studies have found is the parasympathetic state, when you're accessing more of that, when you're calmer, that's when you can access that flow state and access that frontal newer part of the brain because yeah. the brain um, a lot of people know this is divided into old brain, new brain yes. um or the the reptilian brain some people call yeah. it that's where you're thinking of survival and you're you're that's where th- that's the brain stem and parts that control your heart rate, your blood pressure, things like that and those if you are in a in such a stress state, yeah. your brain goes immediately survival Amazing. and shuts down, mm-hmm. actually. In terms of performance, you become stiffer, less flexible, much more, your nervous system is much more likely to injure you at that moment yeah. because it's thinking, I am not feeling safe. When yeah. your brain feels safe... It takes the brakes off your body, allows you to do all these crazy things that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, that, and what's amazing about what you said is how the brain manages time, where to the whole world it seems like it's running at a certain pace, but to the person that's managing that is in in full control, where they're composed, and that's yeah. something I want to I want to touch on next, guys. If you're just tuning in to the halftime show, we have Heba Abdelgawad today on our. Um, On our show, on the Halftime Show, talking about the brain and how it affects sport and how it affects performance. And there's so much to talk about. I think we're going to be doing remixes and sequels after today. If this is her first time, good luck to how how much more amazing stuff she's going to come up with. Stay tuned for more on Pulse 95.
1: Pulse 95.
0: This is the Halftime Show with Omar Oh, 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 On Pulse
1: 95.
0: Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. And am I excited today to have Hiba on the show from Body Hack? Hiba, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Excited um, to be
0: here. Hiba, we're going we're gonna to dive into a few things. I have a couple of shout outs to do, though, if you bear with me. We have a lot of people on uh, Instagram live at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio. We've got Maria, we've got Ro, we've got Murad, we've got Ali, we've got Mohammed, we've got Joanna, we've got Susie, Oh, I need to I need to look at this again. We've got Houtlip, we've got. Guys. Thank you for tuning into the Halftime. Remember, this show would be nothing without you guys. We are talking about the brain today, the effect it has on performance, the effect it has on sports. I mean, as you can tell, I'm so excited. I'm talking at 200 miles an hour because not every day I have Hibba here. So Hibba, I'm going to dive right into it now. How important is it when it comes to how the brain functions in performance? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's everything because uh, it's a fact that we all know, but we often forget is that the brain pretty much runs the show, right? It is the CEO of our body. It controls everything. It controls every system. Uh, your hormones, your muscles, your muscles are slaves to yeah. to the brain's yeah. command, right? Um, your reaction time is a slave to your brain's command. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything comes from and is brain. The more you study brain, the more you don't actually separate brain from body. Right? You see them as one and the same thing, really. Yeah. So. I think um, more and more athletes and professionals now are starting to look at the body from the neck up Mm -hmm. and they're starting to... look at the brain directly the right. eyes the inner ears and all of these things from the neck up they're starting to look at it more in terms of well why are we why are we spending so much time going the long way around making people more flexible or making people faster when really it's the brain we have to convince not right. the body it's the if the brain's gonna give the okay we have to go directly there because so because
0: it's now, the CEO right? yeah okay so if it's the CEO and I've heard something I want to run by you now I've heard something before I went to a seminar once. Um, and they said the, the feet were the USB to the body. Okay? Yeah. Um if if the brain is the CEO and the feet is the USB. <laughs> I
1: like that. Ha- you like I'm that. definitely stealing that yeah, from yeah. our courses. Yeah,
0: yeah. If if that's the case, how do they function together? Because a lot of things go through the feet and a lot of things are linked to the brain, which is linked to obviously the nervous system. Talk yeah. to me about that.
1: I would definitely choose feet and spine as USBs. I mean, uh, there's so many reasons I could choose hands as well, yeah. but um, the feet are massively, massively important from a neurological point of view as well as a as well as a mechanical one. They yeah. are mechanically, obviously, they're your base, they're your shock absorbers. As an athlete, the feet are m- mega important, but from a neurological point of view, our um, feet have tons and tons of nerve endings that send signals up to your brain, telling your brain what's going on. So, if your brain is satisfied uh, that it's getting enough accurate information from your base, which is so important, it's going to, when I mentioned earlier, when the brain feels safe, it takes the brakes off your body. So, essentially, if your feet, if it's it's trusting, if you build trust between your feet and your brain, that's a huge... Trust, How do
0: you you get that trust?
1: By um, basically your brain needs to have a very clear picture Mm -hmm. of what is going on down there. It needs to have a very clear picture of what's going on in your feet. Right. So the way to build that trust is to mobilize, strengthen, not one or the other. People always think that mobility and strength are opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're actually the same end of the spectrum. If you mobilize with strength, mobilize the feet, add strength, Add awareness to the feet, make the brain know exactly what's going on with each individual joint of the feet. Yes. Then it will trust you and give you more. And basically your feet, uh, the, the way to, to do that is, like I said, mobilizing the feet, uh, making the brain aware of all available ranges of motion, but adding strength to that as well. So some people have hypermobile ankles, Yes. but they don't have... Strength that goes with it, they don't have a map of that in the brain, yeah. and then it becomes fuzzy and mistrusting. So, that flexibility and strength have to go together.
0: Perfect, which takes me on to this. Now, does footwear make a difference when it comes to, as you said, they complement each other? It's mm-hmm. not, they're not on opposite sides of the spectrum. So, when I'm looking at footwear, or let's say as an athlete or an enthusiast, let's say, okay if i'm looking at footwear does that make a difference in who what footwear i I pick where i look um do you i mean obviously we don't obviously shout out you know all sorts of brands you have your obvious nikes and adidas and Asics and everything but is there anything that we have to look out for when it comes to getting the right footwear to help assist the brain
1: So obviously footwear is very, very specialized, different depending on the sport that you're in. A basketball player will want more support around the ankles, but there's a lot of debate about that too. So there was a big hype on um, or a big push towards barefoot style shoes, right? For the reasons that I was just going on about, right? That Mm -hmm. you want uh, to have more contact with the ground, you want to have more mobility in Mm -hmm. your foot stride. And then it started getting a bad press and it started, people or studies started to show there's no difference and that people were actually getting injured with the barefoot stuff.
0: Where do you stand on that? Uh,
1: So I will uh, explain my stance. Yeah. Uh, Basically, the reason it was bad press is people moved into that too quickly uh, it's like suddenly going all out weight training without uh, like all out free weights without ever having done machines before, you right. know. So, you can't suddenly go to barefoot extreme yeah. without prepping your feet to do that. Your feet are still not uh, ready for that. So, right. I'm all for barefoot, okay? Uh, but it needs to be done gradually so that your feet are able to handle the new stress, yeah, rather than from one day to the next. I'm going to go from those old really really tight supported shoes to suddenly going um free viva barefoot. right
0: right and 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 adding on to that because normally with athletes let's say if um joe uh joe blogs now is playing for a team okay and he transfers to another team who's endorsed by a brand Mm. okay the 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 conflict of interest where he you know he then has to use the new brand because that's multi-millions and billions of pounds put into it or, or dirhams yeah. or everything. Do do um, educators, scientists, sports scientists, do they intervene at that point and say, listen, I think you should stick to, like you said, yeah. um, what works for you rather than the new brand. How, what's your take on that?
1: I mean, I think, uh, obviously, there's always a point, like, for example, as much as I know about how important the feet are, mm-hmm. sometimes I want to wear heels, right? right? Which I know are terrible for my feet. Yeah. But, uh, the argument is that a lot of uh, studies do point yeah. to is that the better your feet are, mm-hmm. the more you can get away with wearing whatever you want to wear. Right. You know, if you actually practice foot mobility, foot strengthening exercises regularly, yes, the less of an impact the shoe actually makes. That the lightness of the shoe, how light it is, does make a big difference. Uh, in the game itself but as long as your feet are trustworthy and mobile and strong then you could get away with wearing the brand that may not you know be so flexible at the time yeah Uh, but but now a lot of the brands do have variations of Flexible versus supportive. They all have, they, a lot of them do have different types of shoes.
0: And one of our viewers is actually tuned in now. Shout out to Ruba saying, the feet and other nerve endings like, feel like a physical relationship to your brain, but feel like rest as well. Sleep, chilling, downtime is the most important aspect. And he's tuned in now from the UK. And he's saying that, you know, he, he loves the show. It's, it's great what you guys are doing here. And I actually want to add to that. Now, when an athlete gets off their feet. Yeah. Yeah and let's say they're lying down or they're sitting down, Um, how does an athlete get off their feet? And when that happens, is there less stress on the brain?
1: Yeah, but in a sense, it's so, so, so individual, right? right? Because some athletes will get off their feet, so to speak, and they will will actually go into uh, extreme... The, it's like the brain's been craving for this all year round. Like for us, when we were training, uh, my background is synchronized swimming. We only had two weeks off in the whole year. Right. And the rest of the year, it was eight hours a day. So those two weeks, my nervous system went finally, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then actually, I'd come back from the two weeks, and my performance would be incredible. Like yes. it'll be actually a lot better than what it was for a competition because we didn't taper down in the right way and right. all this stuff. Right. But they do now, they do now very well, right? Yeah. We pro- programs and all this. Um, but it's so super, super individual. Some athletes if they get off their feet, they're stressing about what's coming, that's they're what I was overthinking. Ask you. Yeah. Um it really, really differs person to person. Yeah. Some people the the training or the the is actually a de stressor. Right. And that's what their brain loves. It loves the thing two things the brain absolutely needs to stay healthy and chilled out. We want it to be chilled out. Yeah, is uh, fuel and activation, fuel, good breathing, good nutrition, activation, movement, exercise, movement of any kind. Yeah, if you're getting those neurons active like that, yeah. that could be a major distressor. Some athletes they stop training and suddenly they become more stressed. Yeah. because they're not getting enough activation uh-huh. from uh, from the to the levels they're used to. Their neurons aren't.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, if you're just tuning in now, we're talking about the brain and the effect it has on performance and in sport. We've had a lot of people tune in. There's a lot more to come up, so stay tuned here on Pulse95 with me and myself. Hiba is in the studio today, and she is answering all questions, so text us on 4215, itasalat, or do, or slide into our DMs at Instagram if you're on our Pulse95 radio or at Omar Duri. More coming up next on the Halftime Show. Stay tuned.
1: This is Pulse95. Oh, he left the. car. This is The Halftime Show with Umar Duri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh,
0: better than nice. Wonderful. Welcome back to The Halftime Show. If you're just tuning in, where have you been? It's a great show you're missing today. And if you have missed our shows here at The Halftime Show, you can view them on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Just type in The Halftime Show or type in Omar Duri, and we will come up and you can catch up with the great content we have here. And today... As you can tell, I'm so excited, I'm talking so fast. Today, we have Hibba in the studio from Body Hack who's giving us all information about um, the brain, how it affects performance, how it affects sports. And also, um, for all those tuning on Instagram live, I'm gonna shout you guys all out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Maria, Rami, Tania, Ro, Ibrahim, Badir, Adrenalax, Suze, Ziad Oaks, Sandra, Alan Rose, Mental Unblock, Whew, uh, we're still going Nargiza we're going Sheikha we're going Qasim Mod, uh, Dahlawi Life of Tariq wow you guys are awesome thank you so much for tuning in Hiba back to you though let's talk about the brain and how does an athlete or a sports enthusiast get sharper by the brain
1: So uh, the way an athlete would get sharper in terms of improving their performance Mm -hmm. by targeting the brain is to make the brain a better predictor of exactly what's coming. Prediction is one of the the most important things that makes us better or worse survivors, right? Like I said earlier, the brain only cares about one thing Mm -hmm. and that is survival, not performance. And that's something an athlete always needs to remember. My brain is just trying to survive. And if I can make it very aware of what's, of the threats that are coming, yeah. then I will perform better. So for example, specificity is one of the most important aspects of uh, becoming a better predictor. Like Mayweather, for example, only trains at the time of the event. Yes. So, that kind of specificity where you're training at exactly the time your competition's at is super, super important. So if you're always training early mornings and your event is in the evening, that's a whole different body, right? It's a whole different body, it's a whole different brain. So, right. you need to always train at the time of your event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one small example of specificity but also going back to synchronized swimming which is my sport for example we always practiced with goggles but our event was without goggles and I remember that feeling of suddenly the day before removing the goggles and feeling so short of breath so weak and thinking what's going on here why is removing the goggles making me so much of a worse performer and when I understood the brain and the nervous system it all made sense if if your brain is not uh, able to predict what is actually happening to you at any given moment. It'll put the brakes on. It'll make you fatigue quicker. It'll make you injure yourself more. It'll make you... It just becomes like this overprotective parent that's just looking out for your survival, doesn't trust the surroundings, doesn't know what's going on. I better just make her less flexible just in case. I better just put... I just better make her... Less optimal. Yes. Just in case, because yeah. why would I allow force and power yeah. through something that I'm not totally sure of? Yeah. You and know? you see,
0: what I love about that is what you said. So that changes the whole um the whole scope of training it changes the whole scope of programming because you are then matching up the time of performance you are then matching up the time of competition you are then matching up so many things where normally a lot of people um train let's say because it's convenient at a certain time yeah. where they're free rather than reaching the whole plan the whole uh, schedule to be able to match up the time you perform and that is key and, and earlier if you just tuned in earlier uh, Hippa said something really, really interesting. She said that the brain was the CEO, and I counted that with the feet as the USB, and we matched the two together, which she will use in her <laughs> in her uh, courses. in yeah. her courses, which is awesome. And if a tennis player now. Um, Let's say I'm, I'm throwing a name out there. Novak Djokovic now. He's played yeah. a five hour game. OK, that's five hours. So does he then have to block out five hours to be able to train the brain to compose itself to deal with the pressures? Because earlier, for those who are just tuning in, we spoke about how to the athlete, the outside world is... Everything's 200 miles an hour, but inside, he's managed it so well that he's composed. Yeah. Now, with Novak Djokovic, does he have to do that over five hours to match his sport?
1: It depends a lot on what aspect of it. He needs to be have the endurance to last those five hours, yeah. and his brain needs to be so used to those five hours. Yeah to be able to focus and concentrate but when you're training skills yes. you do need to have that uh, uh, shorter more focused the brain needs to be very fresh the yeah. neurons need to be really really fresh and not fatigued yes. to be able to take in that skill um, adaptation which would be done in a shorter time frame so say you'd be training skills at a separate time of the day or, or you know, I don't know how long tennis players yeah. train in yeah, general his last
0: two finals were, were five hour long like long uh, matches so but that, the
1: training, is that
0: usually... Uh, that's the thing. I mean, varies, uh, the, endurance, I yeah, the endurance, yeah, the endurance varies. But it was so fascinating that he was able to do that at the final of the championship. Bear yeah. in mind, he's already had, you know, a lot more um, in, you know, in the tournament. So he's yeah. had the semis, he's had the quarters, he's had the round of 16, all that kind of stuff happening. So for me, that, that was really interesting. And, and also one last question before we, before we hit the break, because I mean, well, how, what's your take on supplementation when it comes to the brain?
1: I think uh, the problem with supplementation is that people tend to oversimplify supplements a lot. They tend to self-medicate and they think, okay, magnesium is good for sleep. I better take magnesium without looking at the complexity of what happens to the whole body, how other hormones react to that, how other neurotransmitters react to this. So I think there is. Supplementation is like the icing on the cake. You know, there's so many, so many basic stuff they could do in terms of sleep, in terms of eating wet, better, breathing better, training, all kinds of other aspects before you go into something as specific as supplements. If you are going to go down supplement route, you need an expert to to, to who really knows... Not just hormones inside out, but the whole body inside out, pretty much, to know exactly what's going on, so that it's not overly simplified.
0: Amazing! What what content? I'm really enjoying this. Hibba, but we're gonna we're gonna come back to you in segment four, and we got a little surprise for you as well. So stay tuned for more here on Pulse 95 on the halftime show. Let's do this. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse
1: 95.
0: Jaja. This is The Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to The Halftime Show. What a show we've had today. For those, thank you everyone who's tuned in on Instagram live at Omar Adouri or Pulse95radio.com. And those who have sent us those messages, thank you so much for listening. For wherever you are, Ala in Egypt sent us a message. Ro from London, Emily from the U.S., I can't believe you guys are all tuned in at this time, regardless of the time zone you're in. We appreciate it and uh, really love the support. Hibba. thank you so much for coming in today. Um, what I like about you is you really focus on, you know, educating and maximizing people's health. You cover corrective exercise, injury rehab, and the body's nervous system, which I find absolutely fascinating. That's why the hour has gone. We were talking off air. The hour has gone pretty fast for us today. Yeah. Um, Hibba. sometimes... What I like to do on my show, because I can, is a fire round. Okay, so I'm gonna throw some things your way, and I want your opinion on it when it comes to sport, performance, uh, brain health, anything. Okay, are you up? Are you up for it?
1: How long of an opinion?
0: Oh, you you could talk. You can talk. I mean, obviously, you know, we we gotta finish up at four. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) you can talk. Okay, so Hibba, um, first thing comes to your mind when when I say chiropractor?
1: Okay, the first thing that comes to mind is immediately popped into my head some really good chiropractors that I know. Basically, with chiropractic, I, I think there's a use for all type of therapies and that it's super individualized what response people, how people will react to that mm-hmm, therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what's what's changing now in, in, chi- in the chiropractic profession is a lot of them are starting to treat the patient, not just lying down passively on a bed, yeah. but actually getting them up, tr- doing the manual adjustment while they're in their actual sports position, for example, Very or cool. seated yeah. Or giving them exercises to do so. That's really cool that it's changing and it's not just passive.
0: Okay. Cryotherapy.
1: Um, cryotherapy, I haven't had the experience uh, myself, but I know again, super, super individual because the nervous system is so individual so the response that each person gets is so different someone mm-hmm. could respond amazing to cold and mm-hmm. someone can respond so amazing to heat yes and it all depends on the brain and the nervous system going is this a threat to my survival right. or is this actually good
0: okay um, very cool orthotics
1: um, again uh, very debate <laughs> you're really picking the debate <laughs> I've got to be really careful what I say um, again um, what they've found is uh, is basically they're they're useful yeah but if they're used to the point of the foot becoming numb yeah then that's a bigger problem where the brain has no idea what's going on below there and uh, that the the support is not mapped so uh, if you're gonna wear orthotics you need to train your feet
0: best shoe to train in
1: uh, in my opinion yes. Nike Freeze Definitely Nike uh, Freeze okay. uh, Shout the out to three, Nike yeah. The three Point
0: Okay for, uh, What yeah. about breathing?
1: breathing massively important we teach a lot of breathing workshops and I think it's the one thing that people spend so all this money on supplements yeah and breathing is free and has the ability to change your body and your chemistry in a much much more dramatic bigger way than any supplement could and I should have said that when you asked me about supplements. <laughs> just yeah. focus on your breathing yeah I love and that. we all think we're breathing well but there is so much we could be doing to slow down our breath and breathe yeah. deeper
0: yeah. amazing um crossfit
1: uh, CrossFit, I think uh, the the reason it gets such a, uh, I mean it's it's got good and bad mixed. press, yeah, yeah mixed yeah. reviews, and um, I think it all comes down to the athletes. So many athletes think they're at the level of being able to handle CrossFit, yes, uh, when their body is just not, yes, and they need to maybe be doing simpler stuff first, improving their alphabet of their movement. Until they're able to get movement fluency enough to speak the language of CrossFit. But so for a lot of people, they can handle CrossFit. It's fun. It's got a great, uh, you know, community uh, feel. So I don't think CrossFit is the issue. It's the people's body that can either handle it or not.
0: Very good. Very well said. Cartoons.
1: Um, I, I love cartoons. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Any, favorite cartoon?
1: Um, all the Japanese ones. Uh, like Japanese the, ones, okay. Yeah, all the um, uh, anime stuff I, okay. I like a
0: lot. Okay, one minute to get through these. Here we go. Keto diet.
1: Um, <laughs> you're really picking yeah, yeah, all th- the... I'm throwing it in there. Um, So much debate about that. I'm not a very... Uh, a very knowledgeable on nutrition enough to have an opinion on this yeah, yeah. but I have uh, a lot so of people that I trust that are <laughs> she's so
0: professional Either <laughs>
1: very, I think with nutrition you can make an argument for yeah. anything okay. and get away with it
0: last song you've heard on your playlist
1: um, uh, The Wishing Well okay uh, but I can't remember the title I'm not good with okay if you
0: know the title guys text us in 4215 it's Sato do or miss me on Instagram live vegan
1: A vegan, again, super individual. And I think if you're, if you strongly believe in something, then your chemistry changes. So whatever you're lacking, and I wouldn't worry too much about what we're getting in. As long as it's like they always say, you eat a burger when you're happy is better than having a salad when you're depressed. Okay.
0: Favorite subject in school?
1: Um, History.
0: Okay. And favorite radio show? Pulse95 (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you for that Hiba if you are just tuned in guys we're wrapping up it's full time on the Halftime Show Hiba very quickly where can they follow you?
1: Uh, at BodyHackUAE on Instagram and Facebook we run education courses for fitness professionals
0: thank you so much Hiba and thank you guys for tuning in on Pulse95 we love you we support you and that's a wrap all the best from the heart of Sharjah on Pulse95 the Halftime Show Omar Duri out here with Hiba Shah and sending out love on Pulse95